to the one person that is currently live streaming say hi share it share the video for me my one live streamer um guys so i mean theme song is kind of relevant today um again we're talking about why the government doesn't have the right to tell you what to do or say on many 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 subjects now Obviously, we are dealing with this new conversion therapy bill that is coming out oh, within the second week of January, and it is really bad. Now, I do want to give a couple updates and intro information. So, obviously, as always, you can follow me on Instagram at bro here's the thing and on twitter twitter it's at devastator 48 um any other information you want to know about how you could donate to me to support me or anything like that is in the description maybe you want to load this into your apple podcast player the rss feed upload is there i'm also on spotify and podbean is where i operate through you can put me into any podcast catcher though with the rss feed link so and i always immediately put this on audio after i'm done immediately so people are saying hello let's see hold only blessings for you and your fellow canadians oh thank you elaine elaine is praying for us now guys also, one more thing on a personal note. Um, I will not miss a day of work uh, going into 2022. I already have another job, and I will be starting work the day that I stop being paid from my previous company. Um, so we can all thank God for that. Um, and what's amazing is, uh, realistically, I'll be making less than half of what I made at my other job uh, hourly. Um, what is truly disgusting now that I'm looking at it and talking to other people about what they pay in taxes is that uh, it's not really going to be that bad. You know, if you're working for one of these big overpriced, co overpaid companies, you know, you don't need to be scared. You, uh, there's so much work out there right now too. You do not need to be scared to, th to, to lose your job, to stand up for what's right. Um, I am being provided for immensely uh, from my church family and everybody. And so um, anyone who has prayed for me or anything like that, thank you. Um, I mean, I will be supporting my family in 2022. My life might look a little different for a couple of years, unless we all get raptured. But, um, you know, other than that, it's uh, it's looking pretty good. So, guys... This conversion therapy bill, what 
what does it actually mean? And so I'm going to show you guys the video of the parliament um, when they announced it. And what happened was is the conservative party fast-tracked it, asked to have it fast-tracked, and then they sing and dance in the aisles and hug each other. Now, what you're going to see is... Um, what you're going to see is just tons of applauding and it actually, the video is cut short cause it's a CTV video, but the applauding goes on for over a minute straight. Um, I believe it is Michelle Rempel Gardner who's up in the front in red hugging everybody. And it's not just a normal hug. It's a rocking side to side, nurturing motherly. I love you hug. Um, and so what we're seeing is that the conservative party has no conservative values at all. It is literally just how to spend how to, basically the conservative party's principles are really narrowed down to, um, we'll, we will cause inflation slower than the liberals. That's really what it comes down to. So if you're still voting for them, um, stop it now. It's enough. So, um, and then after this, we'll get into, um, responses, you know, some articles that explain better than, than I could what's going on. So let's, Oh, what did I just do? I just, did I just close it? Oh no, there it is. All right. What's happening here? Come on, man. No. Uh, there it is. We're working on technical difficulties, but you know, every now and then there's there's still something. So let's take a listen to what he's got to say. I'm asking for unanimous consent to adopt the following motion, that notwithstanding any standing order or usual practices of the House, Bill C-4, an act to amend the criminal code, conversion therapy be deemed to have been read a second time and referred to a committee of the whole deemed considered in committee of the whole deemed reported without amendment deemed concurred in at the report stage and deemed read a third time and passed so basically they decided to skip it and move on now there is some inner workings going on here where you know there are actually conservative mps that were kind of blindsided by this and what you're going to hear uh, uh in emails if you email your conservative mp they're going to come back with we know we knew this was going to pass we knew it was going to go through so there's no point in fighting about it because every other party was going to vote unanimously on it so we just sent it through and uh and made sure that it passed so that we can deal with things like you know fiscal responsibility now mm, what i'm seeing from the conservative side is a lot of cheering and hooting and hollering so i don't really buy for the most part that it was just a fast track it they are fully embracing um this bill uh that is going to make it illegal to basically be changed by the gospel that that could that could it, that that will be illegal essentially this being a hybrid sitting of the house for the sake of clarity i will only ask those who are opposed to the request 
to express their disagreement. Accordingly, all those opposed to the Honourable Member moving the motion will please say nay. Agreed. The House has, not, has heard the terms of the motion. All those opposed to the motion will please say nay. There being no dissenting voice, I declare the motion carried. Now watch. Michelle Rempel is in red. Jumping up and down, cheering. Thumbs upping, hugging, hugging MPs. Look. Hugging MPs from the other parties. Justin Trudeau crosses the floor to shake hands. They're all very happy. There is, I mean, they're not all happy. It is nauseating. So, now we've seen what they're all cheering for. They're all the same party, just different colors. Exactly. Um, so, as you can see, seems like a lot of broad support. Um your precious to my conservative shills, my friends who still think there's conservatism in the conservative party. And there, there's a little bit, there's a little bit, but they're not going to say anything because they're not going to get fired. A bastion of conservatism is supposed to be this Michelle Rempel Gardner character. You can watch her jumping with excitement that they're going to be able to punish people for five years if they convince someone to change their mind about their sexual orientation. Now, I don't want to get carried away. I'm not going to get carried away. I don't want to get sidetracked. But that, that's what we're dealing with. So we're going to move to this one. This is an article from a uh from a christian website i found it just it, it just gave a fairly good summary of bill c4 and what it means for us so why is this so bad why is them clear cheering and clapping so 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 bad for us it's bad it, it's not good so this bill has obviously been tried to be passed through multiple times under bill c8 and i think bill c6 was the last version of it. And um, it has always been stopped at some point for some reason. Uh, but not this time. It's happening. So, this bill to ban conversion therapy received royal assent on December 8th and it will pass into law January 7th, 2022. It was rushed through both the House of Commons and Senate in just over a week, a process that usually takes months. The EFC is preparing an analysis of the bill's impact. This bill is similar to the previous ban proposed in former Bill C-6, which died at the election call. Uh, 
Bill C-4 extends beyond the previous ban by, among other changes, proposing a ban on conversion therapy practices for both adults and minors. So, an, an adult, an adult who is allegedly allowed to live however he wants, cannot seek to give up something he doesn't want to do anymore, that he is... Maybe he thinks he's addicted to it or whatever it is. Hey, you know what? Also, let's go with a disclaimer on this. Uh, guys, if you have kids listening, there might be some stuff you don't want them to hear about anymore. And I should have put that right at the start of this episode, but I forgot. Um, this is what the whole episode's going to be about. So um, it might be best. If, uh, if you have sensitive ears to just use caution on this one. Okay. So moving on, <sighs> the EFC is concerned that the definition of conversion therapy remains overly broad and will impact freedom of expression and religion. Yeah. No kidding. Bill C4 is the third attempt at the legis- legislation to ban conversion therapy. The former bill C6 died at the election call in the previous, uh, election call in 2021 and a previous version bill c8 died when parliament was prorogued in august 2020 with each version of the legislation the efc has recommended changes to add clarity to the definition of conversion therapy and to ensure protection for religious teaching and practice so basically the evangelical fellowship of canada is this is the website it's from petitions for more clarity now it's deliberately broad and vague so that they can use it however they see fit and then have you have to fight it in court. And that is to bury you and punish you in legal debt, right? So so even, like, think about, this is how Canada works. I don't know how it works in other countries, but they use broad sweeping terminology. So you can be taken to court and charged, and you might win, but it costs you thousands and thousands of dollars and you you have effectively ruined your financial ability to survive so realistically even if you win you are punished massively just for being charged in this country right so bill c4 would create new criminal offenses relating to conversion therapy in bill c4 conversion therapy is defined broadly as a practice treatment or service designed to change a person person's sexual orientation to heterosexual so before i really uh get into this um there are forms of conversion therapy that are bad they used to use shock therapy on people they give people drugs and and maybe mutilate them i don't really i don't really know they used to chemically castrate um homosexuals um, not, not, not great, not, not great, right? I definitely wouldn't agree with those practices, but this is not what they're talking about. Look, change a person, person's sexuality, sexual orientation to heterosexual. So if I try to convince you, um, that this is wrong, that's illegal, but also if you come to me and you already believe it's wrong and you want to give up those desires, I'm not allowed to help you. That's illegal as well. Okay. Change a person's gender identity to cisgender. 
So you'll notice there's uh there's you'll notice there's something uh common here. It is always in one direction. So trying to convince someone that their gender is cis. And if you still don't know what that term is because it's nonsense, cisgender means um I am male. I was born male and I identify as male. That's that's cisgendered. So if I identify as anything else, whatever that means, and someone tries to convince me that I am male and therefore I should act male, that is illegal. Not in the other direction, though. Change a person's gender expression so that it conforms to the sex assigned to the person at birth. That would be the same thing, but they're covering all those terms. Repress or reduce non heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior so if you try to help someone overcome their desires to the same sex that is illegal but not in the other direction you can help someone overcome their heterosexuality if they want to be a homosexual pretty crazy repress a person's non-cisgender gender identity and so like all things with this stuff it is redundant repress or reduce a person's gender expression that does not conform to the sex assigned at birth (sighs) you can see it is just the same thing over and over again the legislation says conversion therapy does not include a practice treatment or service that relates to the exploration or development of an in integrated personal identity such as a practice treatment or service that relates to a person's gender transition and that and and that is not based on an assumption that a particular sexual orientation gender identity or gender expression is to be preferred over another so if you believe that being heterosexual and being male, if you're born male, is to be preferred, that is wrong. Everything else is fine. So the bill would create a new criminal code offense relating to conversion therapy. Sorry, that's plural. These are causing a person to undergo conversion therapy, causing them to, promoting or advertising conversion therapy, and receiving a financial or other material benefit from the provision of con- for conversion therapy. So... secular therapist anything if if you are a secular therapist and someone comes to you and they say i don't want to be gay anymore you cannot help them and your job would be to actually convince them that staying that way is what they should want or that it's fine um you can never counsel them um to achieve what they want in that moment you cannot that will be illegal. So a key. Oh, sorry. Let's go uh, receive. Oh, yeah. Okay. A key concern is that the definition of conversion therapy includes efforts to repress or reduce sexual behavior with previous versions of the bill. The Justice Department said the legislation would not criminalize private conversations in which person personal views on sexual orientation, sexual feelings or gender identity are expressed such as where teachers, school counselors, pastoral counselors, faith leaders, doctors, mental health professionals, friends, or family members provide support to persons struggling with their sexual orientation, uh, 
sexual feelings or gender identity or gender identity. Okay, so um, a key concern. Let's read this again. A key concern is that the definition of conversion therapy includes efforts to repress or reduce sexual behavior. With previous versions of the bill, the Justice Department said the legislation would not criminalize these things like private conversations. Okay, but now that will be, I think, is what they're implying. So, in a media Q&A on the previous bill in March 2020, Justice Minister Lametti was asked if it would be legal for religious leaders to speak about homosexuality. He replied that if it's an open-ended and exploratory conversation... It is not prohibited for religious leaders, parents, or others. He went on to say, what is covered by this legislation are practices that attempt to change one's orientation towards a predefined goal. So if you know what the, what the outcome is supposed to be, if you're saying right and wrong statements, that will be illegal. Um, yeah, so just checking out the comments... Um, Katie says, it seems like if you quoted scripture, you could get prosecuted then. Yes. If you quote first Corinthians six, nine, you, you could be prosecuted. So we are upping all this stuff. We are going downhill at breakneck speed. Some might say, um, yeah. So. Moving on, the legislation would also criminalize promoting or advertising conversion therapy programs or receiving remuneration for conversion therapy. So basically, you can't be paid to tell people that they're in sin is what we're worried about Uh, on this subject. If someone is uh, stealing, you can counsel them not to steal. Still, I'm sure that will be soon. Here we go coercive or abusive efforts to a person's change, sexual orientation, or gender identity have no place in our communities. However, we have serious concerns with the legislation as worded. Yeah, so, I mean, well, coercive. Even even that terminology from Evangelical Fellowship of Canada, I feel like you're almost granting them too much. Um, you know, we're not going to abuse people, but coercive going to the Bible and, uh, and showing people what it says. You are trying to convince people. So I, I don't know. I guess coercive is, 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 is negative. Sure. Yeah. Coercive would generally always be negative. I believe. Okay. That's fair. So. The EFC is seeking assurances that religious instruction, parental guidance, and supportive services for individuals wishing to order their sexual lives in accordance with their religious conscience, faith identity, and personal convictions will not be captured. So, yeah, this is the problem. You cannot, you cannot, um, if your seven-year-old comes up to you and says, I'm a boy, and they're not a boy... Um, and you try to convince them of that, uh, you could try to convince them that they are what they were born as, uh, technically if they went and told a teacher and the teacher called the police, you could go to jail for five years. Awesome. Right. Awesome. 
really, really horrifying stuff. So this is not a good place to be Canada. It is not a good place to be. Uh, what's up next? All right. We are crushing through these videos as fast as possible. So I found this website called, uh, stop the ban and it has testimonies from people who have given up their, uh, either homosexual lifestyles or their transgenderism. And this is a website dedicated to that. Now it talks about bill C4 at the top of this website. It's called StopTheBan.ca, but it has older videos in it and, um, has older videos in it. And, uh, they talk about the previous bills. So just keep in mind though, those bills are this are dealing with the same thing. And so the one that I'm going to show you is this one, this Keith Alexander, because he, um, uh, it sounds very, very like a Christian conversion experience that he describes. I didn't watch the whole thing. So we're just going to use discernment and listen to what he has to say. Hi, my name is Keith Alexander. I was delivered nine years ago from same-sex attraction and homosexuality. I would like to address the senators and members of parliament and ask them to please say no to bills C-8 and S-202. These bills are designed to prevent the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ from freeing those who are captive or being held captive from the unwanted same-sex attraction and confusion of gender identity, which has plagued our youth and members of society today. My homosexual tendencies and activities began at the age of 11. Sorry, I just want to interject here. Uh, Laura is asking me about my job. I, uh, I updated at the start. I have a new job. I start the same day that I stop being paid. Everything is lining up very well for me carrying on so let's go back a couple seconds so we can hear what he has to say these began at the age of 11 uh, when i was molested by a family member uh, this repeated um, activity uh, led me to a life of prostitution and so i just want to say something they say that this isn't a thing this man was molested as a child and he went that he blames that for he blames what happened to him as a child for his sexual tendencies as an adult. You're not allowed to say that that's been forbidden for years, but now this man is not allowed to seek counseling for his molestation. If, if it leads to heterosexuality, right? That's, that's what's happening here. And drug addiction, which lasted 35 years. Uh, in uh, 2011, I was uh, delivered, uh, saved and delivered uh, after surrendering my life and asking Jesus to, uh, into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Um, the past nine years of my life has been the best nine years of my entire 57 uh, years alive. Um, this walk with Christ has led me to a community of believers uh, who have uh, nurtured me and supported me. And uh, I've also found a community of men 
who are willing to embrace me and show me what true love is all about. Uh, no longer do I have to seek it. Uh, uh, it's just given to me and uh, I am fulfilled and filled by it. And it is the same love that uh, Christ offers to all of those who seek him. If this bill were passed, I would not have had the opportunity to be free today. Uh, I am free today. And if this bill was passed, um, if this bill passes, there will be many others like myself who have uh, come to the end of their selves, who have recognized their pain and who are seeking freedom, who will never be able to find freedom. <coughs> um, members of parliament and senators, please say no to bills C-8 and S-202. So that one was uh, a little bit more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Guys, stopthebanned.ca. I put a link in the comments, which you'll be able to find on Facebook. Um, maybe I'll add it to the description on, on the YouTube video or something. I don't know. But um, you can go watch multiple testimonies from those people. Um, and, um, yeah, that one was a little more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Uh, that was a good one. I'm, I'm glad I picked that one because... You know, b basically, you are stopping people from helping that man get out of something that was inherently hurting him. That's how he describes it. And he was, and he desired it, and he traces it back to his abuse as a child. It is going to be illegal to help that man give up those things. Is that not a problem? I feel like it's a problem. Big problem. Um, so now what is the response that Bible believers should be doing here? Well, there's good news. Um, <clears throat> because of our, uh, connections, to Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, John MacArthur actually responded um, with a generic letter to send to gospel preachers and on a specific date, January 8th, I believe, an entire group of pastors across Canada and in the U.S. are going to be teaching on biblical sexuality what biblical marriages, things like that, this topic. And basically, the way John MacArthur puts it is putting the Canadian government on notice that <clears throat> um, basically putting the Canadian government on notice that we are going to preach the Bible, all of it, we are going to give the full counsel of God. And my pastor will be taking part in that, I believe. Um, I believe it was him that reached out to John MacArthur to tell him about it. Um, oh, uh, I think it's January 16th. Yeah, whatever the Sunday, whatever the Sunday is. But we're going to look at the article and then I'll know the date for sure. <laughs> I guess I could have just did that, hey? 
Um, so here's the article. There it is. Oh. <sighs> Here it is. John MacArthur calls on pastors to preach biblical sexuality in defiance of a new Canadian law that would criminalize evangelism. And that's a direct quote from uh, Pastor James Coates. Canadian pastors are warning that a new conversion therapy bill just passed by Parliament will likely ban them from teaching that homosexuality and transgenderism are sins according to the Bible. The bill in question, known as C4, unanimously passed both the House of Commons and the Senate before receiving royal assent on December 8th, meaning it will officially become Canadian law on January 8th. On the surface, it's meant to outlaw conversion therapies, that is, psychological treatments intended to retrain same-sex attracted people to prefer the opposite sex and individuals who believe they're transgender to embrace their biological sex. When approached in a coercive or abusive manner, nearly all mainstream Christian denominations also condemn such therapy. Okay. But critics say C4's language is so broad, it also effectively bans preaching and teaching based on biblical sexual ethics. For instance, it could prevent counseling that references the many Old and New Testament passages that demonstrate God reserves sex for one man and one woman within the bond of marriage. It could also criminalize any instruction that confirms human beings are created as indelibly male or female from birth. The Bible also condemns men dressing like women and vice versa in verses like Deuteronomy 22.5. Even further, the bill makes it a crime for parents to provide Christian therapy to their children suffering from gender dysphoria and prevents pastors and other religious leaders from offering biblical counseling or advice to same-sex attracted individuals who desire to obey God's commands to repent from the sin of homosexual practices. Violations carry a penalty of up to five years in prison, which we already know. In response, John MacArthur, who we know who that is from Grace Community Church in L.A., um, he is asking for ministers across the U.S. to join him in preaching about God's standard for sexuality on January 16th. Dandy. Nice. You were right. My bad. MacArthur's statement, issued December 28th, calls for a show of solidarity that will put the Canadian and the U.S. governments on notice that they have attacked the Word of God. In his appeal, MacArthur quoted Canadian Minister James Coates, who was jailed earlier this year for keeping his church open in violation of government COVID restrictions, saying the bill could be used to criminalize evangelism. I am eager to support our Canadian brothers and to preach on biblical sexual morality on January 16th. And I invite you as a faithful pastor to do the same, MacArthur wrote. Later adding, we are all well aware of the evil power and destructive influence of the homosexual and transgender ideology our government is bent on, not only normalizing this perversion, but also legalizing it and furthermore criminalizing opposition to it. He then went on to point out that similar laws have made their way through state legislatures in the U.S. So, obviously, we can see what's going on here. If you guys want, you know what? I'm going uh, to post that one in the comments as well. Um, so that you guys can go read the full article if you want. So, again, that's on Facebook. It'll be in the comments section. 
um, not on anything else. So Twitter, uh, I do actually, uh, go live on Twitter as well, you guys, but anyway, no one watches it there. Twitter is just a ghost, ghost land for me, but that's okay. So guys, that is the article. And I have tried to blast through all of this content as fast as possible because I'd like to go to the biblical text and I love having a physical copy in my hand of the Bible, but it just makes more sense to go straight to the website and share that, right? I mean, let's be serious. So, um, It's just what it is. It just makes sense. So, oh, we're going to have to change our video. There we go. That's better. Mm, actually, we might not be able to read that. No, no, we definitely don't want that one. What do we want? We want this one? Nah. This one? Nah. All right. That's me changing screens, guys. If you're, uh... If you're, um... If you're audio only, that's what you're hearing me mumble about. I, I want this screen as big as possible. You know what? Forget it. Let's just take me out.
You you guys wait. Is there audio? Also, no audio on YouTube. Am I back? Um, I am seeing that there's no audio. Is there audio now? Please comment. This is, oh my goodness, man. Are you kidding me? It's because I didn't have the video up. Oh my goodness, this sucks. So guys, now I'm going to have to, um, you are back. Not on now on both platforms. I, I, so if I hide myself, you can't hear me. That is that is good to know. Yeah, okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, I'm going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have to edit the video, which really sucks. Yeah, I probably won't, though, honestly. Um, <sighs> okay, anyway, all right. I'm going to go back. Obviously, we missed the whole thing about Matthew 19. Okay, so again, Matthew 19, um, hopefully you guys can still hear me, Matthew 19, um, <sighs> this sucks, so Matthew 19, 4, restarting, and he answered and said, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So, oh, so I, I want to point out something. I would, it's called a side note is what we're calling it. Um, there's people that I'm friends with that love side notes. So, there's a myth that, um, actually, oh man, it was so good the first time, you guys. But basically, what's happening here is you have um, <sighs> Jesus is quoting Genesis 1, 27, and, um, and then he is also quoting Genesis 224. So what's interesting about that, there is actually a myth that there are two creation accounts. The two creation accounts are that um you have Lilith or sorry, you have you have male and female being created, so Adam and then another woman is the myth. Um and then she flees and her name's Lilith. And this is Freemasons kind of dabble with this there's actually jewish myth about it her name the word lilith is in isaiah and it is usually translated night creature but there is no reason to believe that there are two separate there are there uh, there's no reason to believe there are two separate creation accounts then what happens in genesis 2 is it goes more in depth okay um uh, it goes more in depth into the creation account, and that's how you get uh, Eve coming from the from the rib. So, what I thought was really interesting about this, as a side topic, is that um, is that male and female. Jesus is quoting from the first creation account, the first creation account. Then he's also quoting from the second creation account. So Jesus implicitly is saying that there are 
there, this is one total creation account. It's basically like looking at a finished building and going, wow, that's a building. And then it's going more in depth. You're seeing what's in the building. That's the difference between the creation account of Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. It's just more in-depth. But, that being said, uh, Jesus is making them, or is making it clear that God created us male and female. And, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. That's Jesus' teaching on the verses, right? So he's quoting Genesis, and then he's teaching on it. And he lays out what biblical marriage is. He's not teaching against anything. He is teaching against divorce. He's not teaching against homosexuality. He is simply stating factually what marriage actually is. So that's Jesus' teaching on biblical marriage, right? Now, moving on. Oh, 1 Corinthians 6. And we'll just do this really quick. 1 Cor 6. I have no idea why my volume would cut out when I hide myself. I don't like that. That's really annoying. Um, and I hate how small the text is now. <sighs> anyway. Okay. So, 1 Corinthians 6 deals with this topic as well. Now, this actually is Paul discussing sexual immorality and other sins it's a vice list and saying not to do them so <sighs> right here or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor homosexuals nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor revilers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, here's the part that's actually illegal. The next verse says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So the biggest problem with the new law, with the new Canadian law, is that it says, And such were some of you, as in they are no longer these things. And what's in that list? The effeminate nor the homosexual. Now, just to give you a little info into those words, the word effeminate literally translates to the soft one. And the ESV deals with that word by blending it all into one big sentence with homosexuality. And it just translates the whole thing as men who practice homosexuality. So what is that saying about effeminate? It's not talking about a guy who's a little bit feminine who, you know, wears clothes that society would consider effeminate or he's dainty or, you know, whatever. Whatever you think an effeminate man looks like, it's not talking about that. It is talking about the passive partner in a homosexual relationship. <clears throat> now, the word that's translated homosexual is, <clears throat> it's plural, <clears throat>
go into this yourself when I am talking about Greek, okay? Because you have homosexuals, um, the plural is arsenikoites, okay? Got it. So I was muted again for a second like an idiot. Um, not having a good run today with the volume stuff. Yes, I... I, so here's how here's how it works. I have multiple mutes. Okay, we'll give a little detail for the live viewers. I have multiple mutes. One of my mutes is right here. And I can turn that on and off. And it should have turned back on. So when I cough my guts out, I click it really quick. And then, uh, and then you don't get that nasty cough. At least I try to, right? It's not going to happen every time. And then sometimes the button isn't reactive, so it keeps me muted. Oh, I'm sorry. So, again, you have effeminate nor homosexuals, okay? Effeminate is soft one. I think I already got through that. It's the passive partner in a sexual relationship. ESV says men who practice homosexuality, and it covers the effeminate and homosexual. It's blended together in one big statement. Arsenicoite is the word homosexual. Now... This is really interesting. It's only in... Paul uses it twice. Now, he may not have made up the word, but he's actually putting two Greek words together. Arson, arsenos, or arson, and koites, which is sexual in its nature. And it depends on context, though. So that was kind of interesting. So I just clicked around in my Greek, in my literal word. And so... Arson literally means male. And actually, in Matthew 19, 4, the Greek word there, when it says he created the male and female, that word is also this arson word. Okay? So it means male. Okay? Koites, I put, just means sexual, but that's not really a good definition. Okay? Um, basically, what it comes down to is... Uh, you know, in Romans 13, 13, I believe there's two words being used there, but one of them is this, and it's translated as sexual promiscuity. And then I also put this note, can mean bed, but deals with intercourse. And so in um, in Hebrews 13, it talks about defiling the marriage bed. That word is coitus, coites, or coit, right? So, again, not a Greek expert here, but... You're mixing male and sexual, and it, in the context, would relate to sexual deviancy because Paul is saying that this thing is a sin. So the word homosexual is like male sexual deviant, okay? Um, sexual offender, male sexual offender, okay? Now, one more thing that I want to get to. Here's a reason why I don't like the NIV in this spot. And I'm not even talking about the newest one. I'm talking about even the 84, which I believe is better. In there, it says the effeminate is a male prostitute. It's not what it means. Male prostitute has a whole bunch of different baggage attached to it. And it doesn't even have to mean um, homosexual. It... Uh, it's not a good translation there, I don't think. So, especially, like, 
every other translation deals with this very similar and makes it about homosexuality. So you will find that um, there are people, uh, again, from the gay Christian movement that try to deal with these texts differently and make it not say that, not say what it says there. They try to make it about pedophilia or anything like that. And there's nothing in there that denotes age. It is simply the passive and active sexual partners in a homosexual interaction. That's all it's talking about. So, what else do I have covered? So again, with the word arse or with the word coitus, coitus, look it up yourselves. Go read how it's used because it does have multiple meanings. But in the context, it must be talking about sexual uh, deviancy of some sort. And so, lastly, guys, this is a big one for us. Romans 1, 18 to 25, lays out attraction between female and female and male and male. And it goes more depth into the level of sin. And so, guys, I'm giving you a brief overview. You're going to want to go read this yourselves, read study notes on it, get well-versed in this stuff and Remember Matthew 19 and any parallel verses, look those up, study those and understand that because what usually comes is Jesus didn't teach on this. Jesus never said anything about it, which we obviously don't care because the word of God is the word of God. But there are people that think that that has weight and they don't care about dirty, bigoted Paul. They only care that what Jesus said. So understanding Matthew 19, four and how he's portraying biblical marriage or explaining biblical marriage, I should say, um, is really where you want to go with people, especially if they're saying that Jesus would have been fine with sexual sin. Okay. So Romans 1, 18 to 25, this gets used for so many things. Yeah. Katie says Romans 1, 26 to 27 is pretty clear. I agree. Let's check it out together. We'll start we'll start from Romans 118 and then this will be the last thing we cover for today. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. So these ungodly people Know that God exists because God has made it evident to them. He has given them everything that they need to know about his existence, uh, to know that he exists. So they are without excuse. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, 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 both his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the likeness of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. So, because they did not glorify God they were darkened in their hearts and turned to massive idolatry so you have people who have already committed to turning to idolatry these people suppress that God exists and they're now completely immersed in idolatry 
Now what happens? Therefore, so because of that, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So, God gave them over to their to the lusts of their hearts. And then they dishonored their bodies through fulfilling those desires. But now we see God has handed them over to this. Now it says this, for this reason, God gave them over to dishonorable passions for their females exchanged the natural function for that, which is unnatural. It's pretty clear. And in the same way, also the males abandoned the natural function of the female and burned in their desire toward one another, males with males committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. So males with males committing indecent acts. So they commit those indecent acts and they receive in their own persons, the due penalty for their error. Now this is pretty clear. Basically, if someone, if a culture is immersed in homosexuality and just aberrant sexual deviancy, it is a sign that God has handed them over to this. They have already rejected God. And now this is actually the punishment. So the Bible teaches that homosexuality is a punishment for the rejection of God. And what else? Going on with verse 28. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to an unfit mind to do those things which are not proper. So they're not proper. And then lists a bunch of evil stuff. And I will point out that what else is really interesting in this. Okay, so having been filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips. So they're gossips. Think about that. Just in this list of evilness that we're being handed over to, gossips is listed. Not great. Anyway goes on slanderers haters of god violent arrogant boastful inventors of evil disobedient to parents without understanding untrustworthy unloving unmerciful and this is the kicker and although they know the righteous requirement of god that those who practice such things are worthy of death they not only do the same but also give hearty approval to those who practice them so, what do we see there, guys? When you are an idolater and you reject God, you're handed over to more evil by God as a punishment for your rejection of him. Then, as a result, you, you, you not only do those things, but even if you're not doing those things, you embrace them and openly applaud them. Now, what did you see in the Parliament of Canada in that first video? You saw massive approval. You saw conservative MPs jumping up and down in excitement that you can no longer 
convert someone from that which God calls a punishment. Unbelievably bad stuff, guys. It's really bad. So, what is what else is in there, though? I want to just backtrack. So, and it also says that they know the requirements of God. They know that what they're doing is evil. They know that they deserve the death penalty for their sin. That's what it says. But check this out. There's good news, right? What is the good news? As always, the good news is this. You being handed over to your sin is to show you the error of your ways. Like the man in the video from stoptheband.ca. He saw the error of his ways, sought counseling, was told about Jesus Christ, and he says he was delivered from his sin. So what I believe he means by that is he instantly did not desire that anymore. When he came to know Christ, he didn't want to do those things anymore. So think about that. God has the ability to save you from this sin. How does he do that? Why do you deserve the death penalty? Well, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all have sinned. And the punishment for sin is death. Right off the bat, Jesus says, if you, or God says, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. The punishment for sin has always been death. Now, what's the good news? Someone already died so that you don't have to. Someone already died so that you can go on to an everlasting life. Jesus Christ died for your sins. And, and if you believe on that, you will be spared. You will be saved. You will be converted. You know, actually, um, I've been going through one, uh, f- through first Peter or two Corinthians because one Peter, two Corinthians, right? So we go, as we go, th- go read first Peter. This will show you, you have been saved unto salvation with something that is not perishable and um, I don't know the layout of this website very well so I'm not exactly sure where the verse is but um, I will try to find it here we go so what does redemption look like for the believer it says this knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your futile conduct inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, with precious blood as of a lamb. So Jesus Christ is our precious lamb. His, he is the pure and unblemished lamb. So, again, verse 19, but with precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope aren't God. So through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, he went to this he went to the cross, he died for our sin. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but he appeared at that time, to save all those who would believe on him. You must 
believe on that to be a believer in God. Look what it says, who through him are believers in God. That's the you in verse 20. Verse 21, who through him are believers in God. You must believe in that to be a believer in God. And why? God raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith are in hope are in God. If God can raise Jesus Christ from the dead, you can have faith in that because he keeps his promises. He keeps. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an emotional thing, right? But the point is, is that Jesus Christ paid for our sins and he was raised back to life by God. And so through that exchange, you can have faith in the God that created you, sent Jesus and paid for the sins of all those who would believe in him. And it is my hope and prayer that you'd believe on that, that you'd repent of your sin. Now, what we need to keep in mind is this message that what I'm telling you is going to be illegal right away. It is not going to be allowed. These Bible verses are being outlawed. Now you can still read them, but you can't act like they have any implications for your lives. And I will just, one last thing I will say is this. We are not waiting for the Gospel Coalition Canada to tell us how to tread lightly into this situation. In two weeks from now, two weeks, biblical pastors are preaching against sin and on what biblical marriage is supposed to look like. You can either join with that and do that or not. That's it. You know what, if you believe the Bible, you know what it says, and you should not be ashamed to teach on it at any time. And with that, guys, I'm ending this stream. We're already eight minutes over, and hopefully that the dull spot in the middle isn't too long and painful. Uh, have a great night, and I'll probably be back at my regular time next Thursday.